Welcome to the SIFMA podcast. I'm Ken Benson, President and CEO of SIFMA. Our team at SIFMA is closely monitoring the global COVID-19 pandemic and its effect on our industry and the markets. In just a few short weeks, we've seen severe shocks to the economy and impact on our capital markets. The Federal Reserve has undertaken unprecedented action in entering into the market to help unclog pipes in the financial system and increase its capacity. Congress has also taken swift action, passing now three phases of stimulus packages as of the time of this discussion. With us today are Jamie Wall, SIFMA's EVP for Advocacy, and Mark Sherman, Head of Federal Government Relations and International Relations, and they make up a key component of SIFMA's policy team. They've each been closely involved uh, with each phase of the stimulus packages as they're going through, particularly with respect to Congress, and they're here to explain uh, from the top what's included in each and what matters most for the financial markets. Jamie and Mark, thanks for joining us. So let's get started at the beginning. On March 6, Congress agreed to an $8.3 billion package. What did that include? Thanks, Ken. As you said, this was the first of three COVID relief packages enacted by Congress and signed by President Trump. The bill provided emergency funding with the goal of preventing the widespread transmission and effects of the COVID-19 virus. It also provided funding to make COVID-19 testing more widely available to support the treatment of the virus and to provide $20 billion to the Small Business Administration for disaster loans. And then on March 18th, another package was signed into law. What, what did that address? So Phase 2, which was called the Families First Coronavirus Response Act, had two major provisions. First, it provided for paid sick leave and to give agencies funding to implement coronavirus testing. And second, it expanded unemployment benefits and food assistance. And then finally, on March 27th, the Congress passed phase three of the stimulus packages, and it was quickly signed into law by President Trump. And what was in that? Yes, Ken. Phase three is the Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, or more commonly known as the CARES Act. The CARES Act was a bipartisan package negotiated to the tune of almost $2 trillion, and in fact, it passed without a single dissenting vote in Congress. The package itself is directly aimed at getting cash into the system, meaning the economy at large, individuals and employers alike. The bill calls for an immediate cash payment direct to individuals through direct deposit from the Treasury, and those checks should be going out in the next couple of weeks. There's also now a significant program to provide relief to small businesses through a Paycheck Protection Program that was created and will be calling upon the SBA's existing 7A loan program in concert with the U.S. Treasury. Congress allocated about $350 billion in government-guaranteed funds that will be facilitated by lenders of all sizes across the country and actually was stood up today, April 3rd. We'll see it play out until the funds are exhausted, but I think it's fair to say, and most people believe, that more money will be allocated in the near term. Included in the package, besides the individual and small business relief provisions, are also some emergency public health appropriations to support the finances of local hospitals and frontline responders. And then lastly, there's also a lending facility at the Federal Reserve to support middle-sized companies. So those medium companies from 500 to 10,000 in employees but the details on that, which is known as the Main Street Lending Facility, are still coming out. We hope that the Fed will put some guidance out next week. And separately, there's, there's $454 billion set aside, part of what you were talking about in lending to middle market companies. But what else is in that with respect to Federal Reserve facilities to purchase obligations from issuers in the secondary market? 
Yes, this is a really important part of the legislation and is especially important to SIFMA and our member companies. Treasury Secretary Mnuchin is authorized to implement a new program or a credit facility rather that would provide liquidity to support lending to states and local governments and their instrumentalities. So this would include their ability to be able to purchase obligations from hospitals, transit systems, airports, you name it, which should really help unlock money and finances locally at a time where cash-strapped governments could really use it. And the legislation also includes tax provisions important to retirement savers and retirees. Uh, What about those? You're right, it does. In fact, there is some uh, important provisions within the bill for people who are experiencing hardship. And this is one of the things that the federal government has actually done in the past during times of crisis, but they've made it very clear in the recently passed CARES Act that they will waive the 10% early withdrawal fee for distributions up to $100,000 from qualified retirement accounts for coronavirus-related purposes made on or after January 1st. So they're actually backdating it to the beginning of this year, and that runs for the entirety of 2020. I think that the legislation was written in a way so that coronavirus-related purposes can be very broadly applied to any kind of hardship you may have been experiencing economically during this time. Likewise, they also waived the required minimum distribution or RMD rules for defined contribution plans and IRAs in calendar 2020. So where you used to be forced to take a distribution when you're above a certain age, I believe it's 70 and a half, you're now no longer required to do that in 2020. You can actually just keep the funds in those accounts for the time being while you try to recoup some of the losses that we've felt from the ups and downs in the stock market. This last stimulus package was obviously quite large, uh, you know, approximately $2 trillion, uh, maybe the largest uh, federal expenditure ever. Where do we go from here? Is this the end of the road? So not quite yet, Ken. We're thinking about the next step in two buckets. Uh, The first is the implementation of the CARES Act, which Jamie just discussed, and that's a significant undertaking in and of itself. And so that includes standing up the small business lending programs, as Jamie just was describing. And then the Federal Reserve and Treasury will need to need to stand up the various lending facilities that Congress authorized for them. And then finally, uh, they'll need to implement tax uh, provisions under the Treasury Department and the IRS. And then the second bucket that we're thinking about is Phase 4, which is being developed by Speaker Pelosi, and it's in the early stages of being written right now. The Speaker has indicated that it will be focused on individual assistance, and I'll turn it over to you, Jamie, to talk about the rest of uh, what we're anticipating for Phase 4. Thanks. I think it's important to know that Congress continues to look at all the facets of the government that they believe are in need of federal legislation. I think some of the areas like public pensions, state and local government finances, hospitals who continue to be under tremendous strain financially and will continue to be so as they serve the communities that are falling ill. There are a lot of discussions about possibly including infrastructure in the next phase four package. However, I'm not sure if it's going to be possible given, um, you know, that that's going to require near unanimous consort, if not, if not unanimous consent in Congress for things like investments in roads and bridges and other critical infrastructure during the response to COVID-19. I think what will have to happen first is that Speaker Pelosi will put her pen down on paper in terms of what she'd like to see included, and then that will become the starting point for a negotiation with Republicans on Capitol Hill. Ultimately, whatever ends up taking shape will have to be bipartisan and supported by the president, who will ultimately sign it into law. And while we'll be focusing on pretty much all of the areas I've described in this podcast, I think it's 
fair to say that with the exception of healthcare and the details within that space, we'll be looking at uh, policy ideas and proposals in the infrastructure finance space that could help support and move local government, but also what can we do or suggest that would help small business and individual families. Uh, I think talking to our clients and our customer base through our member companies will help reveal where there are issues that need to be addressed still, and we'll do everything we can to back up the Congress as they work to try to support small business and people on Main Street. Well, thank you for that. More to come in that area. And I would just add, from a SIPMA perspective, we're working closely with our members and our various committees on all areas affecting the markets, whether it's in the BCP space, whether it's engaging with the regulators on market operations, making sure that we're keeping markets open and functioning, well-functioning through this uh, through this period of time. We've already done one earlier podcast talking about the various BCP plans and, and issues around that. We'll have another podcast looking at some of the other actions by the Federal Reserve and the Treasury that affects markets. Uh, so please stay tuned and go to SIFMA.org. In particular, we have a, a special COVID-19 webpage where all, a number of resources and references to SIFMA activities and information for member firms uh, is available. So thank you very much for listening, and thank you, Jamie and Mark, for joining us today. Thanks, Ken. Thanks, Ken.